Welcome back to Pod TST, a weekly LA Rams podcast where myself, Kenneth Arthur, and sometimes somebody else, but not today, talk about the Rams. And we get an extra game, at least one. And I'm going to talk about why it could be more than one in today's episode of Pod TST. I'll list out six reasons why I think the Rams could beat the Packers in Lambeau this Saturday. And I don't think a lot of people are ready to accept that because I know what these moments are like for folks who follow the NFL. I think this is a great time of year to really exemplify how overrated some teams get, some players get. And then when they face playoff defenses or playoff offenses, things can be altered quite a bit. And I have always sided with the side of the defense uh, in these situations. And that would definitely drive some of my thoughts here today as to the reasons why the Rams can upset the Packers this Saturday. And what I take away from all of these experiences, because I've covered hundreds of games and many playoff games, and you talk to people who cover the other team and you all of a sudden realize in your head where you thought that team was at, this person thinks that that team is unstoppable, infallible, and uncrackable. And they think that they've just stumbled into the greatest team of all time. And that's certainly being the case right now, I think, you know, with the Green Bay Packers, but I think with the Kansas City Chiefs, with with almost every team, including the L.A. Rams. I'm, I'm making a podcast where I give six reasons why the Rams should be able to beat the Packers. And so who could be a better example of that than myself? I don't think that people really respect how good this Rams defense really is, but we'll find out as they play the Green Bay Packers. And I'm just surprised that year after year after year, because there's no amount, from what I can tell, of thought, I think, on the Green Bay side that they could lose this game, which is how I think a lot of people felt about the Seahawks. And even though that should have been always considered a close game because of LA's situation at quarterback, which I never really cared about because Jared Goff it was not the reason that the Rams were going to win the that game. And no offense to him because he did come in and help LA win that game. But the reason that I think, Sean McVay wasn't too worried about having Goff in as a backup or starting Wolford was because he knew that his defense was going to be able to stifle Russell Wilson and that they were going to keep that game close at the very least, if not pull away because of their ability to create turnovers and to create touchdowns uh, directly through Troy Hill. You know, so that's that's uh, that's been McVay's plan all along is to score most of his touchdowns via Troy Hill. And he's been successful quite a bit. So I think that it, it didn't matter too much then. And it doesn't matter too much to me now who starts at quarterback for the Rams this Saturday, because most of this stuff, I think, is still going to come down to the Rams defense and just the fact that all these teams left in the postseason right now, they're, they're separated by small threads and delicate, fine uh, Victorian era threads belonging to 
the queen of queens. So that's how tight things, I think, really are between the teams remaining. There's not The L.A. Rams have two young, probable Hall of Famers. You know, that I mean, Aaron Donald is definitely a Hall of Famer, and Jalen Ramsey is headed in that direction, although he's still pretty young and, and inexperienced in that respect of uh, and it's such a difficult place at cornerback to make the Hall of Fame but I, I what I'm saying though is hey look they've they've got two of the best players at their position including the best defensive player if not the best all-around player so I don't know how anyone could count out the Packers uh, excuse me the Rams uh, but hey I, I understand how I was, nobody could count out the Packers but the, the Rams have the, these these two guys and, and they've been able to it's not just that their schedule has given them a bunch of great opportunities against like Tua Tagovailoa in his first start and you know Carson Wentz at any point and uh Dwayne ha- from to 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 Alex Smith in his return to the NFL after 2 years to you know Russell Wilson against the Rams. So that's really what I think is going to keep this game much closer than people expect. You know, I think that the weather, the, the cold will certainly change the expectations of the game as compared to, you know, a, a hotter temperature, temperature, climate. And I, I think that's going to change things for sure. But people will talk about how oh, Green Bay is comfortable in this. I don't, I don't think anybody is super comfortable in this. I mean, not everybody on Green Bay is Aaron Rodgers. Not everybody on the Packers has been playing through this for you know, 15 years. So there's so many differences between how everybody's going to respond to the cold and who's going to enjoy it and who's not, and who's going to be really prepared for it and how those will change the offenses. But, you know, given that the Rams didn't really rely on a deep passing attack with Jared Goff, who I think will probably start, but even if it's John Wolford, who's, you know, a little bit more of a deep passer, uh, there's going to be little mind paid to my attention as far as uh, the, the LA Rams ability to pass it's more about whether or not the Green Bay Packers will be able to pass because they're going to find themselves I believe in a good amount of third and medium and third and long situations and then that's going to be up to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling and so on and so forth to be able to combat to be able to convert those third and mediums and third and longs. It's going to happen a lot. You know, the Green Bay Packers prefer to run on first and second down and then throw on third down. And that's something that the LA Rams will have to, you know, this is a top three third down defense versus a top three third down offense. And so it's really going to come down to those matchups. So these are my six reasons for why I think the Rams could definitely beat the Packers this Saturday. And I think why a lot of people are underestimating how close LA is, I think really to giving the Packers a lot of issues and at least I think making this come down to the final drive or two. But I I do think that the Packers will be surprised. A lot of people will, will be surprised this Saturday. Number one, Aaron Donald. I mean, I just got to put Aaron Donald. In, and, and this is not really in an order. This is not a ranking. Who cares what a ranking? What an insignificant uh, thing to care about. Whether how whatever or not I would 
rank this or that or the other thing. But these are six things, so I guess that's also I want you to care about that. But Aaron Donald being on a team right there, I mean, I think that Aaron Donald should be in the MVP conversation significantly. I don't think that it's just like a flippant thing. People overrate the quarterback position over and over and over again. It's such an obsession to overrate quarterbacks because this is what you're told your whole life is the most important thing in football is the quarterback position. And yes, this is a player who is oftentimes uh, a team leader. If he's going to be really successful, confident because he's going to be out there and everyone's going to be relying on him in that relationship. So you got to have confidence on top of everything else. And you've got to think there's so much that goes into quarterbacks. So all due respect is being given to quarterbacks who do have an impact. But if we're just talking about winning the Super Bowl and winning playoff games, we've seen that great defenses, great defensive coordinators, great, de great defensive minds, great execution on game day, and any billion other factors oftentimes help great defenses contain great quarterbacks. And it's going to be that's going to be the most interesting thing that happens probably this weekend is the Rams defense versus Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense. But I think that Aaron Donald being how good he is and the fact that I mean where the Rams would be without Aaron Donald. And we saw a bit of that in the second half against the Seahawks and the Rams defense held up quite well in that situation, although Seattle had such a bad offense for half of the season. So I think that what really happens was with Aaron Donald out there. Uh, why can't we say this guy's the number one? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the top guy on the number one offense, and he's an MVP. And you got Aaron Donald, and he's the number one guy on the number one defense. And you say, well, Aaron Rodgers also, uh, Aaron Donald also has Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, well, Aaron Rodgers also has Devontae Adams. So equal. And I think that Aaron Donald raises up so many players around him. Just why can't we let go of these preconceived? There's no viable evidence there's no tangible number there's nothing that really exists despite what pff or any other website wants to tell you or sell you on there is no tangible evidence there's no adjusted value none of this to tell you who's the most valuable to tell you that this position is more valuable than that position i mean the contradiction of the running back value argument the fact that this is the play this is the position that is second or third to quarterbacks and receivers in terms of fan popularity, what people want to watch, what people care about. Running backs are right there as the people who are being touted on all of the, hey, come watch the Packers. They got Aaron Jones. I mean, every, every time you hear about the Packers, all they talk about is Aaron Jones. But, you know, Derrick Henry, I mean, the whole Titans, everybody, Derrick Henry, MVP conversation, and yet everyone else says – or at least a lot of people, oh, running backs, eh, you can just throw them in and out there. It doesn't really matter. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, Alvin Kamara probably, you know, there's a lot of people who there's that amount of value in the in those positions, and people just have these preconceived notions that didn't come from anywhere, that didn't come from anything real. It said, well, this is the most valuable, and then, and then left tackle is the next most valuable. And I think it's a great discussion to have. I think it's an interesting argument to be, you know, and I don't think you should ever really argue, but I think it's inter an interesting discussion to have to say, yeah, well, what is the value? I'll, I'll have these value discussions with you, but don't sh shoot people down if you go, hey, I think that Aaron Donald is the MVP. How about that? How about I've just said, oh, yeah, I think he is the MVP. Nobody can tell you why you're wrong. 
They can just cite a bunch of other people who are just saying something that they heard. Everyone's just repeating the same things that they've heard. There's, you know, there is there so anything that sounds like dissension, anything that sounds like going against the grain is immediately shot down and there is no more discussion despite the fact that there is nothing tangible that tells you that Aaron Donald can't be the MVP. That it's just all boils down to uh, well, you know, we know that uh, quarterbacks, there's just no way for Aaron Donald. I, I get it. I get what you're saying. But do you get what I'm saying? There, why? There, there's so much. And if you're talking about the most valuable player, also talking about the most valuable teammate, the most valuable locker room guy, the most valuable uh, just shows up. I think Aaron Donald, the way that you know, and I think he's the one who I've heard say this from someone else, quoting elsewhere. It's just you you inspire people. You don't motivate them. You just go out and this is not I don't I'm not a mentor to someone else. I, I just go out and I sh I just do the best job that I can do. I work as hard as I can. And that's what makes other people go like, damn, I'm in the NFL making X million dollars and I'm not even working as hard as that guy and that guy everybody loves him and they t call him so great I've never been to a Pro Bowl and it's not that hard to see where it's like if you're Morgan Fox you're gonna work to your best Morgan Fox if you're playing with a guy like Aaron Donald so all of these elements to me just get left out of not even left out of the conversation They're, it's just it's just uh well this is it this is it you know there is you're dumb because you don't b agree with 51% of people. You know, it's like if you're not in the majority, then you're dumb because there's no evidence to say that any of this stuff actually matters, like EPA or, or uh, anything that has some sort of quote-unquote value attributed to a player. To me, we'll see on Saturday this one reason being Aaron Donald, an MVP caliber player and that's why the rams will have a chance to beat the packers i've seen aaron donald this season in games where the rams were not able to do anything offensively and were struggling in so many facets of the game i've seen aaron donald take over and give the rams a lead on his own forcing plays defensively to do things that the offense couldn't do and i think that when you see other players come up with big plays like Troy Hill, like Leonard Floyd, like Morgan Fox, like Troy Reader. A lot of that has to do with Aaron Donald. So give him some MVP votes. Uh, give him all 50. And I think Aaron Donald, definitely one reason. Another reason, we'll go to the other side and talk about Green Bay's defense. And my, it's just very quick, nothing much to say. Green Bay doesn't have that great of a defense. Uh, they're average, probably. They're right in that, that scope. They haven't given up you know they're the only there's only five teams in the nfl that gave up at least 14 points in all 16 games and four of those teams finished five and 11 or worse i think it was the eagles the jets the jaguars and a team that went five and 11 and the other the fifth team was the packers and, and they went 13 and three and there is something to be attributed to say, oh, yeah, you know, well, high-scoring offense. There might just some late fourth-quarter points that didn't matter and, and this and that. No, these are where, again, like just people don't believe that the team could be anything 
else than their greatest version of what they have in their heads of how great the Packers are right now. But any team, this are 13 and three. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. We're 14 and two, but they haven't beaten a team by more than six points since the Jets on November 1st. And not all of those teams that they played in the second half of the season were all that great. Some of them were downright bad, but a lot of close games. When you look at the Chiefs at 14 and two, I see a team that could easily be 10 and six and still win the Super Bowl. But I could still see a team that's easily 10 and six. And we're saying, oh, what happened to the Chiefs? They didn't make the playoffs because if they were 10 and six, they might not. have. Well, I guess in the AFC West, they would have been like the four seed. But I think that the Chiefs are probably the best team in the NFL. But I also see like, hey, see the Chiefs. Are you really looking at the Chiefs? I think the Browns could uh, maybe do something as well this weekend against the Chiefs. But I think what I really expect is that the Packers defense, and this is mostly just, you know, if the Rams offense is mostly going to come down to Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown and maybe Tyler Higby and, you know, some uh, end arounds on Robert Woods and getting Cooper Cup in there, assuming that his knee allows him to play and all that, that Cooper Cup's going to get in there and, and make some plays. But I think most of it could come through. Cam Akers and Robert Woods. And I'm looking at the Green Bay Packers, 17th in DVOA, speaking of advanced stats, 15th against the pass, 18th against the run. So just like fine. And I look at the LA Rams offensively and I look at Cam Akers and the way that they play with Cam Akers and Andrew Whitworth, which is, you know, that's got to be noted that now the Rams, their second half of their offense this season, didn't have Andrew Whitworth. So looking at them, and also not having Cam Akers in every game and, and getting Cam Akers. And I think that Cam Akers could have a good game. I think that Andrew Whitworth always has pretty good games. And I would expect a little bit better. It's just enough to say, could I see the Rams having three touchdown drives on Saturday? Yeah, I said it. Three, maybe. I can see the Rams having three offensive touchdown drives. Maybe one of them's 56 yards. One of them's 75 yards. And one of them is, I'm going to say, 81 yards. So I could see that. Now, look, the Packers have only scored fewer than 24 points twice this season. They went 0-2 in those games. So if the Rams can put up 21 points on those drives, a few field goals, and play great defense, I think they definitely have a chance. And I could definitely see with the offense that they have, even in this, you know, when you're talking about a very cold game, could be that neither team couldn't be that could be that there's not three offensive drives, offensive touchdowns all game between either team, between both teams combined. So we'll see what happens there because it is a cold game. But I could see the Rams getting things going against an average Green Bay Packers defense that gave up 14 points every week. And finished 17th in points per drive allowed and just was fine. But I think the Rams can do a little bit more on offense than people expect. The other thing I would say, and this is number three, my number three reason is that, and a lot, this is again, a lot of people don't like this line of thinking for some reason, but if you don't play, if you don't have that great of a record or that great of a track record against good teams, and the playoffs are made up of good teams, it's worth noting there's a chance here. 
The Green Bay Packers, you know, they went 13 and 3 this season. They only played four teams that I would consider to be in the good range and maybe a couple in the great range, but let's just say four teams in the good range and those were the Titans, the Saints, the Colts and the Buccaneers. Now the Titans they blew out 40 to 14. They turned the ball over one time, but they forced two turnovers. The Saints, they beat 37 to 30. So there's a, you know, that's potentially the NFC championship game is Green Bay versus New Orleans. So again, they got to win over. They can prove it. They can beat good teams, but also good teams can beat them. They lost to the Indianapolis Colts, who I don't even think the Colts are. I wouldn't even say the Colts are as good as the Rams because the Rams have an elite defense and they're fine offensively. The Colts are not as good as the Rams. And so there you go. That was a loss on the road, to be fair, 34-31 in overtime. And Green Bay turned it over four times against a good defense with defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, who will probably be hired by somebody as a head coach. And yet, you know, they lost 34-31. And then the other one is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who... They could also, I mean, the the Buccaneers are still alive in the playoffs here. And they got blown out 38 to 10, did Green Bay. Again, in Tampa Bay, but it's like it cancels out the Titans' blowout to say that they got blown out by Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And so you hear a lot of excuses for why the Green Bay Packers lost that game to the degree that they did, but they lost that game to the degree that they did. So those are the four teams. The next best would be the Chicago Bears, and I just don't think that the Chicago Bears are anything near comparable to what the Rams are. They would like to think that they are, but their defense was not that great. Their offense was even worse than L.A.'s, I think. And so that's where I would not really disc- I would discount what they did against the Chicago Bears. But I do think against a great defense like the Rams, it, at the very least, should be a close game. And looking at the, the schedule... Just didn't I see some evidence that Green Bay could win the Super Bowl, and I see some evidence that they could lose right there in the divisional round. Number four, quickly, I think having a player as good as Devontae Adams is so valuable to the Green Bay Packers. Of course, nobody would dispute the value of one Devontae Adams, who, even in having missed two games this season, played in 14 games. Led the NFL with 18 touchdown passes. He also led the NFL with 98.1 yards per game. He had 115 catches for 1,374 yards, 9.2 yards per target, a career high. And Devontae Adams, well, when they had him, it wasn't, uh, they went 11 and 3. So they won their two games without Devontae Adams, which is noteworthy. And that would also be noteworthy if Jalen Ramsey is able to help take Devontae Adams out of the equation. Now, it could be that Devontae Adams spends a lot of time in the slot and the Rams decide not to put Ramsey in that star role where he could potentially follow Devontae Adams or they could put him in that star role and have Jalen Ramsey on Devontae Adams. I think it would also be valuable for the Rams to have Jalen Ramsey on some of the other uh, weapons for Aaron Rodgers because you know he does like to spread it around, although clearly... His, he doesn't spread around that much away from Devontae Adams, who had 149 
targets. And the next most on the team was 63 by Marquez Valdez, Scantling and Aaron Jones. But I think that when we're talking again about those third and medium, third and long situations, if the Rams are able to put Jalen Ramsey on Adams and now, you know, having the NFL's best cornerback, having spent everything that they did on Jalen Ramsey, you know, having him there, you would think in those third and mediums, in those third and longs, Ramsey could potentially be on Jalen Adams taking out that option. But I also have some faith here in the Rams cornerbacks and safeties and what they're able to do in those situations against Devontae Adams. When the Packers lost to the Buccaneers, Devontae Adams had only six catches for 61 yards and no touchdowns on 10 targets. And, you know, again, this was a blowout loss, much different circumstances when they lost to the Vikings. Uh, Devontae Adams held to just 53 yards on 11 targets, even though he had three touchdowns. So he was able to get the Green Bay Packers into the end zone, but they didn't do anything else outside of that. Devontae Adams, but and the reason that they couldn't do anything outside of that, partially, because he had 53 yards on 11 targets. And he had a pretty good game against the Indianapolis Colts. It did go into overtime. He had seven catches on nine targets for 106 yards and one touchdown. Although Devontae Adams was also dominant, dominant, dominant so many times this season. He went over 115 yards six times. He went over 144 times. And he scored all of those touchdowns. So anything you can do to, to limit Devontae Adams is noteworthy, of course. And the Rams have Jalen Ramsey. So that's got to be one reason to expect L.A. to play a little bit better than people think. Number five, they'll talk about Aaron Rodgers, which is probably going to be what would get me the most hate from any uh, Green Bay Packers who are hate listening to a Rams podcast. I can't imagine what led you to this point in your life. But that is especially this Rams podcast. But, uh, it, you know, if you're here, yeah, here's where you're going to get upset. Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic, phenomenal quarterback. I said Aaron Donald as an MVP. Sure enough, Aaron Rodgers, worthy MVP in that small conversation of worthy MVPs, even though who knows where the value goes. But Aaron Rodgers, fantastic uh, quarterback, fantastic season, knows probably – could be the most dangerous weapon in the playoffs. But in the playoffs, what goes wrong? What happens? I mean, uh, this is not something to be ignored, right? We, we can't just ignore what has happened to the Green Bay Packers in the last decade of playoff games. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he, he famously or interceptionally does not throw very many interceptions during the regular season. He had five this season but he had two a couple years ago right he had probably like four last season Aaron Rodgers has he had two interceptions in the NFC championship game loss to the 49ers last season he had two interceptions during the 2016 playoffs he had an interception in the 2015 playoffs he had two interceptions in the 2015 playoffs are all and by the way the Packers in the playoffs are one and four in the last four playoff trips when Aaron Rodgers throws one interception that one win was a 34-31 barely remember win over the Packers in that famous game with Des Bryant in 2016 that's the one time in the last since in the last five years I mean even then you keep going back after the Packers won the Super Bowl in the 2010 season. Remember, they go back, they go 15 and one the next year. 
First playoff game, Aaron Rodgers throws an interception. They lose to the Giants 37-20. Next year, the Packers go back to the playoffs. First game, Rodgers throws one touchdown, no interception. Next game, he throws two touchdowns, one interception, and they get blown out by the 49ers, 45-31. Next year, they play 49ers again. Rodgers has one touchdown, no interception. They lose 23-20. Next year, they beat the Dallas Cowboys. Rodgers has a good game, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Plays the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game, throws two interceptions. They blow a huge lead in the fourth quarter, and Rodgers loses that game with two interceptions. Next year, they beat Washington. Nobody even remembered that Washington made the NFL playoffs in 2015, but they did, and he beats them. Next week, they play the Arizona Cardinals, throws an interception, and they lose. 2016, four touchdowns, no interceptions against the Giants. Nobody knew that they made the playoffs back then either. Remember, they spent all that money on Ben McAdoo and Ben McAdoo's team when they spent all that money on Ben McAdoo's team. Beats them. Next week is the Des Bryant game, throws an interception. Next week is NFC Championship against the Falcons, throws an interception, they lose. Didn't go to the playoffs in 2017, didn't go to the playoffs in 2018. Then in 2020, uh, excuse me, in 20, uh, yeah, last season. Two touchdowns, no interceptions in the divisional round against the Seahawks. They win. NFC Championship, two interceptions against the 49ers. They lose. So in the last decade, the Packers are 6-7 and seven in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers has thrown an interception in eight of those games. Eight of those 13 games, Rodgers has thrown an interception, and when he does throw an interception, Green Bay is one in seven when Aaron Rodgers throws a, an interception in the playoffs in the last decade the Packers are one in seven the LA Rams have the best pass defense in the NFL they have Jalen Ramsey they have Aaron Donald they have Troy Hill they have John Johnson they have Jordan Fuller they have Darius Williams they've got the best pass defense in the NFL they have the best pass rusher in the NFL Green Bay is shuffling people around on the offensive line because they lost David Bakhtiari, their left tackle. So do the Rams have a chance? Does Aaron Rodgers have a chance to lose a playoff game? Well, can we stop? Can we just stop? Can we calm down and stop with all this Aaron Rodgers infallible quarterback stuff? He's fallible. It happens every single year. Aaron Rodgers needs to get through three more playoff games this year at age whatever, 37, he needs to get through three more playoff games this year without somehow throwing an interception, even though year after year after year, he loses playoff games. Or is this going to be the year that he, I mean, you know, he can get past the Rams? Can he get past the Saints? Can he get past the Chiefs or the Bills or the Ravens? I mean, I just, that's, that's where it's like, if he does, then he does. I mean, John Elway late in his career, Peyton Manning late in his career. If he does, he does. If it's not him, maybe it'll be Drew Brees, right? Same situation. But it could also be that the Rams are going to deliver yet another painful playoff blow to Aaron Rodgers, who is 1-7 in the last decade when he throws an interception in the playoffs and against the number one defense. Finally, number six, you know, just the fact that Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers head coach, is off to such a hot start, 26-6 and six in his first two seasons, has turned around Green Bay from really where they were under Mike McCarthy for the last 
seven or eight years. A lot of those interceptions and losses I'm talking about, of course, came under Mike McCarthy. Although, you know, same story last year in the NFC Championship game with LaFleur. But still, it could definitely be, if you think of Green Bay as a franchise that just started last season, you would just look at it and go like, wow, like this LaFleur, he's got them on in the right direction. They're going to get better from where they were last season. And that could be true. Uh, I also think that it's possible that LaFleur's worst nightmare was having to face Sean McVay at any point in the playoffs and was just hoping that the LA Rams would get eliminated before they would ever have to face them in the playoffs. Maybe they should have gotten the number two seed. Then they would have been able to maybe uh, avoid the LA Rams if they're lucky. But I think that the fact that LaFleur is going against Sean McVay takes away some of his tricks maybe, takes away a little bit of... All that. And similarly, perhaps, of course, that means that Sean McVay could be mitigated by having Matt LaFleur on the other side. However, I think a lot of Rams fans would say, that's fine. Just like Jared Goff, you can you can mitigate McVay. You can take out this or that. We don't even think McVay's got the right plan half the time. He's been doing things during game day that uh, throws off fans all the time. So I could definitely see that uh, some people will say, like, that's fine. I don't. It's not about Jared Goff. It's not about Sean McVay. It's about how Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Cam Akers and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Andrew Whitworth and some of these other players, John Johnson, Jordan Fuller, so on, uh, just lift up and elevate. And it's really just more about personnel than anything else. And the Rams do have some great personnel, and they've 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 got a lot of these healthy players who weren't healthy during the season, who who weren't around for this all of the calamities that happened, who have a lot of experience and were, were at the Super Bowl not long ago and definitely feel capable and ready for the moment. So I think that uh, it's it's McVay against LaFleur. It's, it's the Rams' experience coming in as not just some hotshot wild card team, but as an experienced playoff team that is trying to get back to where they were not long ago. And I think that based on these six things that I've said today and, and who knows some other things too, uh, it's, it's very probable. It's very probable <laughs> that the LA Rams will surprise a lot of people this Saturday. And I think it is very possible that they will win. I don't do predictions, but I think these are six reasons why the Rams could absolutely win and should be considered serious contenders to win and, and get to the Super Bowl even than most people expect. So that's why I think that the Rams have a great, fantastic, perfect opportunity here to, I think they will definitely stifle Rodgers in ways that people do not expect and aren't saying now. And I think that Cam Akers could have a pretty good day and keep the game close as well. That's it for this episode of Pod TST. We'll be back with another episode this week from Michael Peterson and then an instant reaction episode after the Rams play the Packers this Saturday, hopefully after a win, and we can talk about, hey, what's happening next. But what's happening next right now is the Packers. So come back soon for another episode of Pod TST and check out Turf Show Times on the websites on the Internet.